Hello, welcome to episode 50 of the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This week, on our 50th episode, we have one of the newer, not the newest, Frederick Brewery. Um, We have co-founder Matt Thrasher and head brewer Scott McKernan from Rockwell Brewery. Thanks for coming in, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. So when when did you open? It was summertime? Uh, March. March That's close enough to summertime for me to consider myself correct. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. So it's you and um, Phil... I, don't, I can't remember his last Paul. name. Paul Tim. Yeah. Okay, so tall I didn't get Paul. that one That's completely wrong. Tall <laughs> Paul. You think you know he's like eight foot tall. So, so the two of you were founders. Yeah. Um, what were you doing before you started Rockwell? Well, we're still doing it. So okay. we didn't quit our day job. So this is still, the hobby right yeah, now. <laughs> right. Really in depth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Time consuming hobby. Oh man, tell me. But uh, no, so we still have our own things. We we um, we kind of come from the entrepreneurial side of. of you know, the brewing industry, so it's more business. Uh, we're approaching it from a business side uh, more, um, where, you know, neither of us worked in a brewery, and, um, you know, we weren't, you know, we just did a little, dabbled in home brewing. Um, but for myself, my business is, I, it's not, it's, it's kind of boring. You know, I'm basically abstracting work, so it's like property searches for settlement companies. And then Paul has, um, I'm not quite sure what all, <laughs> what all <about. laughs> but he's, uh, I think he's, he's got some investment um, type portfolios he's in. And then he also has uh, a printing business that he's part of. Um, so a couple other, you know, other things like that. So you guys are just, you're entrepreneurs with a passion for beer. Right. That's about right. Yeah. And so you, you have home brewed and you're not just a consumer of it. You've also dabbled in homebrew right okay. probably more on the consumer side okay. than <laughs> well that's a people always ask me if if i still homebrew or if i do and at this point i don't at all it's so much easier for me to just come to you and give you money and take home beer that's going to be better than what i make right. and works for us yeah and then everyone's happy i have something i'm going to enjoy drinking and don't end up with five gallons of something that would I'm going to convince myself is good, but may not be that great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the Rockwell, though, that came from, it's on Rockwell Street, right? Or is there more to the name than that? Well, that's, that's part of it. So um, Paul actually submitted for the TTB before we teamed up. So he actually named it. and <laughs> But uh, we did talk about it. And, I mean, it went, uh, uh, you know, I thought it was a great name we could do a lot of play off of it you know with the rock in the well and it's a strong name it's a known name uh he actually lives on rockwell terrace which is a known street okay you know in frederick and um but the other side is, is paul's a paul uh, makes acoustic guitars um so he's a luthier if i'm pronouncing that i believe that's right but i'm not gonna even try <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> he, he would correct me but um and that's called rockwell guitars so okay. that's Two is to play on the music. I was like, you know, this could work out. So we can we can do a lot of different things with, um, you know, with that name. So, well, I like how some of your marketing 
just goes with playing on the word well, like the beer well, and I think you have a couple other things in the marketing that you use. Right. So that's kind of the tagline that, that I came up with was the was the beer well, where it could be a greeting. Um, you know, it could be what we're doing, obviously. You know, hopefully we're doing beer well. Um, and then, in, you know, inside the tap room we have, you know, the rock side and the well side with the well, you know, obviously being where the beer is poured. And then the rock eventually – you know, the plan is for live music if we can ever get it, you know, get it taken care of at the city level. So Is that a permitting issue right now? Yeah. That seems – is it just extremely difficult to get a live performance permit? Well, it's, to, it's the way I understand it, so it was set up as um, – uh, so breweries have – you know, we have our own code yeah. for planning and zoning. And under the current code or the, the original code, um, breweries couldn't have live entertainment. So basically it said, you know – that of all the things, classifications that breweries could have under this code, live under entertainment or entertainment was left off. So if they would have just put that in there, it wasn't it, it wasn't planned to leave it off, but okay. no one thought about it. But because it wasn't included, it's making it more difficult. Because I've heard that repeatedly, that right. places want to have live music, but it's just a struggle to be able to. Yeah, and that's, and, and that's it. So when we had pro- pulled the permits to do our, our original build-out, um, we were told that there was a code amendment going through and it was initiated by flying dog for uh, live entertainment. And we're like, this is great. And so the code, the, the amendment passed. And what we found out was, is that it was only passed for facilities, I believe over 10,000 square feet. So which left uh-huh. a small ones out. So um, I was told from planning and zoning that it was going to be initiated from the staff level for everyone to be included, no matter the size. And, you know, we were under that impression for a few months and come to find out that it, it hasn't been initiated. So we're trying different angles now, and, um, to, you know, to get it done. It just doesn't – I mean, it seems to be that it, it should be it should be a simple process and should it should be pretty straightforward. I mean, I mean, we can play music in there and we can play it loud, but we can't have a guy with a heartbeat and acoustic guitar <laughs> sitting in the corner, so I don't get it. So it <clears> – <throat> So there isn't, like, active opposition to it happening. It's just, I guess, basically someone getting around to writing up the code change and it being ratified. Right. That's what I understand. That's my take on it. Yeah, it's. I've I've never talked to anyone more in-depth than someone saying that that they're having trouble being able to get that approved. Right. It's been, like, three or four different places now that have echoed that. Right. So speaking of regulations, though, um, twelve eighty three this year that that really could have affected you guys when you first opened, right? Right. Because that how you were probably sweating, weren't you? Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it it could. I mean, it could have it could have really hurt um, a lot a lot of breweries, you know. Um, but like the specifically, I guess. So one of the reasons we wanted to have you guys on this week is because. You're throwing your party on Saturday to um, help break in the new brew house. Right. And so, but at that point you were contract brewing and I guess, so when it came out of the house there, that was going to outlaw contract brewing, wasn't it? Pretty much when it first came out, that's, you know, that's what they were talking about. Um, So what, you know, the way, you know, the way it's set up and the way city's set up is that um, you can't legally brew on site until you have your use and occupancy, right? And so if you're in there and you're doing your build out and you get your use and occupancy, um, 
you know, even before that, you know, when you're doing your build out, you know, that rent's coming due. Yeah. You know, and so the problem is if you can't physically brew until you open. So now if we're in there and we're on a smaller system and we're brewing. So we did have a system, you know, we had a, a little, you know, one and a half barrel system. It was a Colorado brew system. So it was a single vessel. We had two tanks, a two barrel and a three barrel. And uh, so if you do the math, if we, if we start brewing on the day one, when we get our occupancy. That's sitting in the tanks, you know, three to four weeks. Yeah, you have a whole another month before you're collecting any revenue off of it. Right, and while then, paying then another month rent. Two beers, right? You got yeah. big two beers, and you know, so the beers we were making on that, we were selling out within three weeks. So you can never catch up. You'd have one beer or maybe two beers on for three weeks, and you'd have to shut down for another five weeks. So I mean, you got to figure out the math yeah. unless you want to invest. You know, you know, we're, we're self-funded, Paul and I, and. Unless you want to go to the bank or you want to invest, you know, five hundred thousand dollars, you know, on, you know, a real huge brew house, um, to keep up with that kind of demand, um, this, you know, our model was, we're, we're, you know, to start out, we have to contract, just to get the doors open, we'll brew our own on the smaller system, and then we'll gradually fund ourselves and grow ourselves. Well, when you know, which yeah, tried to kneecap you. Right. We, we almost got. <laughs> well, I mean, there the were there were several Maryland breweries that would have been pretty close to being out of business instantly because yeah. they're <clears throat> they're built off of contract brewing. They, right. they haven't put out the capital outlay to build their own brew houses. They, they pay someone else for them to go and use their equipment or just have it completely done. Um, so thankfully, that was one of the horrendous parts of the bill that was ripped out because that allowed you guys to get to this point where you brought along this fine gentleman um scott to be your head brewer and let's talk about you a little bit now scott where did how did you get into brewing uh i started brewing in 1994 um kind of started because a buddy of mine got a kit for christmas and i kind of fell in love with the process i course like beer at that point too so um started just doing that and uh eventually within a month or so i built my own all grain system so i was milling my own grains and pretty much doing it just like we do in right now um so then pretty long time passed and uh i got an opportunity to be the head brewer at growlers a couple years ago down in gaithersburg so i uh did that for a while until they closed shop. <laughs> and, uh, abruptly, from what I understand. Pretty too. abruptly, yeah. Yeah, the sheriffs came and shut down the operation. So, uh, yeah. Then, uh, actually, I, I was talking to uh, to Paul before that because I kind of saw it was in the works down there. And, um, and I told him that, yeah, I was interested in coming up here and, and working it's close to home and uh, – Seems like a good place, so that's where I am and, and having so fun. What were you doing before you brewed? Uh, I was in the automotive businesses. Uh, I actually spent 32 years in automotive businesses in parts and service. So my last job was uh, before brewing was an assistant service manager at Toyota dealership. And uh, anyway, it was a good job. So how does this compare? Much more fun. <laughs> Much more fun. It's still a ton of work. Um, now I was working 10 to 12 hours there, and I pretty much do the same thing here, but at least it's something I really enjoy 
and it's close to home and have no complaints. So um, our uh, buddy and sometimes co-host John Burroughs was sad he couldn't be here, but he told me to make sure I asked you about your beard. I'm sad and, too, John. And and why you grew it. <laughs> um, um, this beer? No, your beard. Oh, beard. He said, that, <laughs> oh. he, said there's a, he said there's a story behind your beard. There is. There is a story. So back when I first got um, the offer at Growlers and I uh, was kind of on the fence as to whether to take the job or not, I went over to Barley and Hops because uh, John and Eric are buddies of mine. So um, talked to them. And um, once I decided to do it, John says, well, you know, you got to grow a beard. I was like, what? He said, it's an industry requirement. So <laughs> I haven't shaved since. <clears throat> so is that three three years now? Uh, no, about, about a year and a half. Oh, year? Okay. Yeah. See, mine just starts looking really ragged, and I can't, I can't do the thick. Mine's like a little ragged right now, too. <laughs> yeah, but at least it's thick. Mine looks like just a homeless person that hasn't had access to a razor. Not intentional. <laughs> it looks more like I'm just lazy. Yeah. Maybe you have to gray it. If you gray it a little bit, maybe that. I don't yeah, know, maybe, maybe that coarser I don't... and or like <laughs> dreadlock it or something. I don't know. So um, let's talk about your. Actually, first let's let's thank Roast House Pub one more time and talk about their awesome beer dinner tomorrow night. Have you ever been to one of their beer dinners? I have not. I've been you... to beer dinners before, but not theirs. Theirs are awesome. One because yeah. um, Nico is an amazing chef. He is. And um, they always pick great breweries to uh, partner with, so you should uh, give Nico a call. Sounds and <clears throat> so tomorrow evening, they'll have their beer dinner with Adroit Theory. It'll be five courses, like all their other ones. You can go online um, on their website and on, click on events to get a tickets, to get tickets. And also check back there often because they have a couple other exciting events coming up, with uh, one with Trogues, um, and then there'll be some rare beer announcements that they'll have soon. So make sure you keep checking out their Facebook page and roasthousepub.com and thank them for their support. So you're a brew house. You got that from Antietam. True. So, and so it's, um, let's talk about what, uh, what is it? The size, the... It is a three and a half barrel direct fire um, kettle. So we can do... That's equivalent to produces about seven kegs of beer, six to seven kegs of beer at at, at a time. Um, we've got four fermenters. We got a two, a three, three and a half, and a seven barrel fermenter. So the seven we have to double batch in, of course, because that's how the math the works map. out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so then the other two, the three, three and a half. So that's single barrel batch. And the same with the two. The two is actually kind of nice. We we're originally thinking about getting rid of it, but it's nice for high gravity beers. So I've got a I've got a Russian Imperial Stout in it right now, so um, I just boiled that for it's all it's an all grain stout. So and rather than using um, sugars and stuff to bump up the um, the gravity, I just boiled it for three hours. So basically boiled it down to 1.8 barrels, and uh, that fits in the fermenter, and so it's bubbling right along right now. So and that's one of the things that it's great about. The craft beer industry. So Antietam's been around for a while. They expand. You guys talk to them, purchase their equipment. Mm -hmm. And um, so I came down if 
anyone who was watching the beginning of this, there's a little bit of video of Scott using the system for the first time, brewing the beer that we're drinking right now, which will tell us a little bit about also. Um, but when when you're doing that brew, they also they came down to help you out to make sure that if you had any problems or yeah, I mean, you could exactly tell what they were there for. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, the the system that that, um, that we got from them is extremely similar to the one that I had at Growlers the way it's set up with um, you know it's the hot liquor tank being below the mash tun and it's pretty similar except for this is a direct fire so rather than have a steam jacket like at Growlers where you know, it's heated by steam. <laughs> it's just got a, uh, a natural gas flame underneath it. Um, so it's it heats up really fast. And uh, some of the valving is a little bit different than the system that I used to use. So it was nice having Dan there to show me how, how to do everything. I, mean, I kind of figured out most of it, but some of the stuff I definitely didn't know about until he came down there. So... It's like the little idiosyncrasies about how things work oh, yeah. on it. Yep. So he showed me uh, how to how to work it, and it's a great little system. Yeah, that was actually part of the the bill of sale. Okay. For them to come down and actually help us, you know, brew on it for the first time too, just to right, you know, figure out all the you know little nuances of it. Um, but yeah, Bill and Dan Daniel, I mean, great guys. I mean, if you if I could imagine trying to you know, buy something, buy some big equipment like that yes, and, and investment on that outside of the industry and being and trusting as much as, you know, we did with them and how easy it was to work with them on this. I mean, it, it you know, Paul actually met Bill for the first time down at one of the, the hearings uh, for uh, 1283. And, you know, he said, you know, it just came up, happened to come up about I've got this equipment, you know, I'm trying to. You know we're we're up you know we're up, we're upgrading and we've got this uh, equipment we're we're looking to get rid of and um, it just so happened you know what well, well not so happened we weren't really in the market for something but then we you know Paul comes back and says I met this you know guy Bill from Antietam at the uh, hearing and you know he's got some equipment and a system and it would fit perfectly with us and it just I mean everything just came together and I mean you know I can't say enough about Bill um, and you know, helping us out and, you know, helping us step up. I mean, everything from the financing to the, to, you know, almost guaranteeing that when we take this thing down and bring it back to your place and set it over your place, it's going to work. You know, I mean, where's that happen? You know, it doesn't happen that often that it's usually, all right, you can buy it. It's as yeah. it is. You figure it out. Especially because, I mean, they're competitors in a way. I mean, but it's just, it, I say it almost every episode, I think, but it's just, it's the weirdest industry where yeah. everyone's competing against each other, but everyone's helping each other. Right, right. Yeah, I it mean, doesn't even really seem, <clears throat> seem like competing because it's, it's, it is way more it's like a community here. And I think um, Frederick having as many little breweries as it has, uh, it, it, I think it's great for all of us because it kind of makes Frederick a destination where people are going to come even from uh, Montgomery County or wherever, come up and on the weekends and uh, go hit – various breweries and there's not too many places you can go where there's so much in such a small area when your location in i don't even know if it'll take five years but very soon is going to probably just be amazing and the all the things that are going in on that side of town along east street and even in that jet that direct area that's going to become a very popular destination 
Yeah. <clears throat> so you have uh, Midnight Run opening soon. So that will be another brewery just to draw people to your area. And then, from what I understand, there's a new tap house opening right near you guys. Um, so it's there's all these business uh, beer centric businesses opening in Frederick that I agree with you. It's just it's going to bring more and more people, and you all win because I I know when I go out on a Saturday night or so, I'll hop around to different breweries, and you just run into the same people at all of them. Like right. everyone's mm-hmm. doing the same thing, just bouncing around in between all of them you have like your regulars that will stay at each one but then there's there's always a large group of people that are just going around to spreading the wealth to all the breweries right so you get your you get your loyalists i'll call them right that's the mm-hmm. same you know i feel a little i feel like i'm cheating when i go yeah. to another one but but yeah i mean everyone likes to go around we go around you know yeah i've run into you at old mother right right <laughs> so you know you, you go and 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 everyone's great i mean we all, you know, we all get along. We're, you know, you could, get, you could say, you know, we're fighting for the same dollar, but I mean, we're all doing something different. If we're all making the same type of beer and this was it, you know, then, you know, it's, it is, you know, big competition, but everyone, you know, yeah, everyone you all that's in the movement. have your own little niches. Like if you, when you bounce around between all the breweries in Frederick, you don't feel like you've been to the same place each time you go someplace else. Right. Everyone has a completely different vibe to mm-hmm. their tap room the beers are different enough that you you're not getting a like a carbon copy stamp each time you go with what's available right yep and that's i mean it's what that's a great thing about it i mean because you, you 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 know you do feel leery a little leery is like I, you know could i ask them for this help or you know or when they come and ask you know can, should we give this yeah i mean it's just an open community it's i mean it's a great thing about it i mean it does I mean, people coming from outside, you know, like Paul and I coming from just a business standpoint on that. I mean, it's foreign, you know, but once you're into it and you're yeah, would, I mean, would you help great. out a competitor in one of your other businesses <laughs> no, as much know? as <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we first, um, when we first started brewing on the, the old system too, we don't, we couldn't really do orders for grain because it's. Not enough of yeah, volume. Yeah, you're, you're doing to... doing small batches, so we were buying grain from uh, from Attaboy, and then I was washing my kegs over at Attaboy too. So it's like that's the kind of thing that goes on, and it's like it, whenever uh, you need something, you can pretty much if you need to ask you know information or need some help with something, there's always somebody around that's gonna give you a hand or answer a question. I think it was at this point maybe the only brewery not washing at Attaboy is uh, Flying Dog. <laughs> it's like every, everyone yeah. in Frederick's washing their kegs at Attaboy. Yeah, it seemed like every time I was there, it's like Old Mother was coming in right after I was there right. to, to wash kegs. But that's part of our Antietam uh, deal as well. So now Scott gets to wash the kegs. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have all kinds of new friends. I'll tell you what, I mean, it's keg washing is not – the greatest thing in the world but at least i don't have to load them on the truck haul them over to attaboy and then haul them all back i can do them right there so uh this is much nicer yep <laughs> so so far you, there's a couple comments on facebook from bob caverly and tony harden that hi bob hi tony <laughs> are talking about how amazing of a brewer you are yeah they're both buddies of mine <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to say that yeah. really. i know <laughs> But uh, I will say that this is an extremely good beer. I, so I'm glad you like it. This is the first beer you brewed on the new system. It is. Um, 
I uh, want to tell everyone about it, and this will be sure. on tap starting tomorrow. No, it'll be on tap or Wednesday, uh, Saturday. Saturday. Oh, you're yeah, holding for, it up for our event. Yeah, holding so on. We till only Saturday. have six kegs of it, so okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it goes on tap Saturday. Um, this is a an IPA. It's made with um, basically uh, Simpsons Maris Otter is a base malt for it, which is an English malt. Um, it's got for hops. Um, Citra, Mosaic, and uh, Andrina Bavaria. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. And uh, so that's in uh, late late editions in the kettle and also dry hop with those three. What what characteristics do the does Adrena what? It's kind of a – they're it's all man, kind of man, – man, <laughs> Mandrina. <laughs> Mandrina Bavaria, I think it is. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, they're all pretty fruity hops. Okay. So that's – it's supposed to be like an orange, right? Orange zest, orange peel. Yeah, didn't we, a lot we put of, that in the Berliner Weiss, didn't we? When the, I think that's what I we got that so, for. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so it's about 6.8% alcohol, so not super strong, but it's an IPA, so it's got a little bit of kick to it. It's delicious. It's got, like, a perfect amount of bitterness where you still, you know you're drinking an IPA instead of it. Yeah. Just being, like, orange juice. Yeah, turn Which out I love nice. also, but... So think about this, Chris. That was the first, very first beer brewed on that system, you know, that day, you know. So, you know, what's to come, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, and that, it, that, I think that's a very valid statement, though, because, I mean, even though you said it was similar to the one you were using at Growlers, mm-hmm. there's still, there were the idiosyncrasies that you said you yeah. ran into. There are some differences. There's a lot of things that could go wrong where it may not have turned out as good but in this isn't even good because it was your first batch like this is i i don't think if you would have said that to someone no one would think like oh well he'll get better that's the first time he brewed on that system (laughs) right don't worry someday it'll taste good yeah (laughs) but no this is really good and there was a like there's been a couple other places in frederick too where i've had that same experience like where you you have something that was the first batch that came off of their system. You're like, okay, this place is going to be good. Like if, if this is this good right. on their first run, that this place is going to be awesome. So I think you guys did a smart decision in bringing Scott in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, by the way, I don't think we mentioned it. It's called Big Juicy. <laughs> so I didn't name it. I usually name my IPs after Clutch songs, but uh, I think Matt or Paul or both of them figured that name out. So. Nice. Yeah, I'm not sure Paul knew Biggie Smalls was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul doesn't strike me as a hip-hop fan. No, so we've got it. I mean, that, and that's part of the fun, too. So taking the play off the name again, you know, is that, you know, we intend or we, we hope to to name all the beers, you know, with some kind of something some something to do with music. You know, it might be the, the you know, name of a song or a lyric or, you know, the artist. Um but make a cool little play off of that too, and you know some things are a little bit more, um, uh, um, you know, bold, or you know some things might be a little bit more, you know, in your face, and other ones might be a little bit more. Oh man, you know, is that a, a reference to a, you know, a Frank Zappa song or something? You know, you, you, yeah. You know, so that's what I mean. We can do a lot of play on that. So it's do, it's a collective type of, um, um, you know, arrangement where. 
but I kind of take control on naming the names. But <laughs> but Clutch, we could have done. It was a Maryland band, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So we could have done that. We could have done one of the Harvest Ales with that. But we did. You know, so we did two two Harvest. We did the. Don't worry, it's coming. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you uh, get Clutch to do a collaboration with you guys too. Yeah. They had the New Belgian. Um, it was like a strong ale, I think. Oh, uh, the one they did. It's yeah. a. Uh, it was a stout, I was, believe. Yeah, something like that. But. Yeah, yeah, clutch brewed a beer with New Belgium. Yep. Then. All right. So you can so you got to work yeah. on that, Scott. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> JP lives in town. So maybe maybe he's watching a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that um, so do you are, do you bring more of the marketing to Rockwell or do you and Paul share that? Um, you know we, we <coughs> kind of share it. I mean with with the um. You know, right now I handle the, the kind of the social media and, uh, you know, for what it is, what it's worth. I mean, neither of us have that much time. So yeah. um, an interesting thing about that is that I've, um, a friend of mine's an uh, adjunct professor at Hood College in marketing, in the marketing department. And so we've actually got some internships this year from Hood that have come on, um, you know, for the marketing aspect of it. So we've just started having meetings with them, but I, th- I think this would be a cool thing to add to his, you know, to our business and to his, you know, curriculum of, yeah. of, of you know, I mean, these, I mean, they're, ex- these kids are excited. It's like, you know, this is real world application and, you know, when it gets developed, it's going to be free reign, you know, to an extent, it's still going to flow yeah. through us, but it's going to be <laughs> like, you know, this is what you, you come up with this idea, you know, right now we're, we're weighing one of the ideas of, of like a, um, uh, loyalty club, mug club, a, a band, whatever we're going to call it. We're still infancy stages of that. But um, you, you guys, this is the thing. You guys present it, and then we'll see, you know, we'll implement it, and we'll see if it works. I mean, they can put that on the resumes. They can do all of that, you know. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, not just from the standpoint that it takes alleviate some of it from us. I mean, because Paul and I are not the youngest guys in the, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so, you know, to bring that kind of fresh take on the marketing aspect of it that can be neglected at times, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Don't worry, um, these kids confuse me too. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but for the extent, we, we, you know, for the business side of it, we, we share it. I mean, um, the, the, the build out, you know, we both had our hands in it. Uh, my wife's an interior designer as well, so she, she brought a lot of the, the look to it. Even on our shoestring budget, I mean, it was you know she had, she had other you know some greater plans, but you know when she brought them to me, I was like, ah, now how much do you think that's going to cost? <laughs> and she'd say, and I'd say, I don't think we can. Uh, and then there was some arguments would ensue, but uh, but I think it turned out great. I mean, the the at least for my my take, in my opinion, the feel when you walk in the doors, what we what we wanted. Um, it's a modern type of uh, um, brewery you know it's not uh, you're running the mill it's not cold you know a lot of breweries I would go to and visit I mean you almost felt like you had to keep your jacket on the whole time because it's a little cold in there yeah I mean we still have high ceilings but it doesn't you know feel like that you can get loud in there I mean so some of the acoustics we need to work on but um, I mean I wanted it to where you know it was a cool place to hang out it, it just didn't feel like you were sitting in a warehouse where I mean, you could, you know, I've said it before, you might have heard it, it's like you do a date night in there. I mean, 
we want to transition to the outdoor outdoor beer garden. You know, right now what we've got out there is, in my mind, is pretty pretty temporary. What I envision is carrying the inside out to there, to where it's an oasis out there. You don't know you're in that parking lot. It, it's almost a go-to place, man. Let's go out there, even if you know, even if you're not a beer drinker. You know, your wife's not. You know, they're into the wine or whatever. You'd say, man, let's just go. Let's go to Rockwell and hang out. This is a cool place inside and out. You know, the people are cool. The beers are great. And, and I mean, the, the environment, it, it, you know, is pretty nice. Do you plan on putting any kind of cover on the outside area or keeping it open like it is now? Well, there's there's twofold. The way I, way I envision it again, uh, but then the designer would have the uh, ultimate say. But, uh, you know, we're thinking like the, the, the type of sale, sale type coverings, you yeah. know. Um, if we did a permanent awning, uh, the city comes into play. Oh, okay. And so that's something we don't even want to get into. It's site plan, this type of thing, and, and it's it's it's. Um, Those sale type awnings look really cool. Yeah, too. yeah. Because so, you make them real bright colors and draw yeah. people's eye to them, and and it's cool. Yeah, it's a cool aesthetic. I mean, just looking at it. I mean, being under it is is pretty neat, and, and you don't see anything out there. I mean, we do that, and we do that right. I mean, that's a huge beer garden. I mean, yeah. it's, it doubles. It, it's bigger than our inside. You know, uh, so. It's again just getting the uh, our money went into the equipment, you know, right now. Um, so the next phase will be the the outdoors. So hopefully next spring we can start, you know, quote unquote breaking ground out there. But I think it, it's a um, it's a great combination that you guys have now, where you and Paul bring the business expertise and background now, and now you've brought on Scott to hit the brewing side with right. great success because um, I've mentioned it a couple times I think there was a really good article I had read where it was just titled home brewers will you please stop opening breweries right. and but it, it runs down through like um, dear home brewer do you know how to balance a budget do you know how to market <laughs> do you know how like right. listing all the like business aspects of running a brewery it's not enough to know how to brew beer you need to know how to be a businessman also right definitely i mean you're definitely right and, and you know i can say and, and maybe scott as well and i'm sure paul is that w we couldn't have done this individually i mean it's, it's just it's just um there's just too much and there's different you know you need different aspects of it. you need creative abilities i mean paul and i might have been able to muddle through but the beers would have sucked i mean it's i mean it's, <laughs> it's what it is you know it's it's you know, you got to bring people in with the talent and, you know, and, and use the talents that we have, you know, together. You know, Paul and I might, might bump heads about stuff, but um, we've known each other for a while and, and we balance each other. You know, he's he's probably the more stable, level-headed, you know, <laughs> mentoring type, and I'm probably more, you know, impatient and, and in-your-face kind of, but it, it, it balances out. And then, obviously, Scott brings a creative side, um, you know, to the brewery and, and I mean, you need it. There's, I mean, this is a difficult business. If you think it's easy and you're, you know, you're home brewing right now, like you just said, I mean, and I'm going to open up, oh, this is fun crap. Everybody's making shit ton of money doing this. And it's not easy. It's not cheap. It's, it's, you know, it's a lot of hours. I mean, you know, we both have family, Scott has family, you know, and it's, it's hard. Um, but that's why you need, you know, that's why you need, you know, have good people in and, and can, you know, work together and, you know, hopefully, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, our, our focus to start was the, the tasting room. That's it. Stay small, you know, work small, stay small, small, and just focus on our tasting room, making good beers, drinkable beers, 
Um, but I mean, you can see we're already expanding and we're, we've been debating distribution and you know, so that's kind of where we are now. Well, it seems um, that you guys stay pretty busy. I mean, it, uh, I would, I would for, at least from my perspective, it, the few times I've been there, it looked like the tasting room is pretty packed on a regular basis. Is that? That's pretty normal. Yeah, so that's, that's great. It is. Yeah, um, you know, it is, and, and it just shows you the community we're in, you know. Uh, Paul and I, and Scott as well, I mean, we're both from well, from Frederick. I was born and raised in Frederick. I'm like sixth generation in the in the city, and, you know, so we, we combine as well know a lot of people, but we're making good beer. I mean, if the beer sucked, then nobody would be coming in there. So it's a good testament, um, you know, and, and what's cool too, Chris, is I think – I don't know what the stats are now. I haven't looked at them in a while, but uh, you know, we're, I would guess we're probably still trending. You know, seventy percent. You know, new people that come in in the door. I mean, and it's it's that's where it just you know snowballs. You know, you got the residual effects from your your regulars that keep coming in. And you got the new ones coming in. Yeah. And then they become regulars, and it just compound. You know, it just it just snowballs. And, and the cool thing about it, I, I think, as well, is that that. It's not just our brewery. I, I think that, I, I think that that the local ones, especially like our side, you know, Attaboy and um, you know, Old Mother are are feeling the same effects. I well, mean, yeah. obviously, Old Mother is if they're, they're <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there was uh, just last week. I think they said that their thought was at five years they might need to go outside of their current place, yeah, but right. yeah, two years, yeah. and they they've already completely. Uh, I mean, you. You can tell just by going in or when they, with around up to one year, you'd go in, they'd have uh, 12 sometimes beers on tap. You go in now, they have five because they, yeah. they just can't keep up with the amount of beer that Frederick wants to drink. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good problem to have. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Scott's going to be busy. <laughs> That's what we hope, you know. Yeah. And a lot of new flavors too, you know. So yeah, definitely. It's already starting to back up in the brew house. Let me where to put so, beer. <laughs> so who um who did the original <clears throat> recipes then, of the the throughout the first few months the beer you had then. Right. So um we actually worked. So it was Paul and I, and we worked with Larry. Okay. Larry Pomerantz at, at you know so at Vanish now. Yeah. So, um I mean I can't say enough about him either. I mean great guy. I mean I don't know how he does it all. I mean it's just crazy what the directions he's pulled into and how much he does and and the talent that he has. But you know he basically walked us through and and. Um, that's who we contracted with, you know, on our first batches. Once those first batches were done, he was pretty much swamped. And, um, um, you know, unfortunately, he could, you know, couldn't, you know, help. Yeah, that's anywhere. another place already <laughs> yeah. can't keep up with the Good demand. problem to have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're killing it out there. So. Yeah. But, yeah, so in those, you know, and a few of those beers, we, you know, we're filling a will be our year round beers, you know, there's solid recipes. Um, they're tasty, you know, so once we see them, you know, brewing with Scott brewing them on our system, we can tweak them some more and really dial them in. But it's, uh, you know, it's probably our, you know, our, our, our double vision or double IPA is our number one. And I mean, that's, that's a killer. And then our, uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. That's yeah, a, I mean, that's the one I usually get when I come in. It's the go-to, you know, and, and, and then our, um, uh, our rye, you know, so the, the first go on that was was fantastic, and then we upscaled it, 
and um, it became more of a, of a basic, you know, type of ride. It wasn't the gold medal that I, you know, that, that I thought, you know, from the, because that was my go-to right from the beginning. And um, so we're hoping with that now that, that Scott will be able to dial that back into what the, the original recipe was. And then the other would be like our Blondale, the Rapture, and then, and then the um, Bitch and Camaro, our stout. We're, we'll have a year-round stout. I mean, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not a believer in these seasonal yeah, types. I, I mean, if you like a stout, a couple yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly. We'll at least have that one on top. Yeah, yeah we've got another one too. on Nitro, too. Not the Bitch and Camaro, but uh, an extra stout on Nitro. I don't know. The, I mean, Guinness has made a pretty big company off of selling a stout all year round. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> like, it, uh, apparently, people do want to drink uh, mm-hmm. stout when it's hot outside also. Oh, yeah. So is, that, is your plan to have those uh, core four or five that you listed – and then just try new things constantly, or will you stick with um, maybe expanding your core and have regular beers? I always like doing new stuff, and uh, especially, I mean, IPAs as popular as they are right now, I like doing different ones and changing them up a little bit. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to have double vision on all the time, and uh, probably... I mean, with 12 taps, you're really going to have three devoted IPAs most of the time. Just because everybody wants Yeah, that's what people buy. Yep. <laughs> that's where it is right now. So do that and then seasonal beers and, you know, we'll have our core beers, of course, too. Do you plan on doing <clears> any <throat> kettle sours or anything like that? I've never done one, but, yeah, definitely. Because that's – I'm a little bit – sours are a little nerve-wracking in a small brew house. But kettle sours, you don't have to worry about uh, – Yeah, you're not going to contaminate your fermenters. Yeah, so definitely do can, kettle sour. Since that's the new, maybe not quite yep. to the level of an IPA, but the one yeah. of the newer another hot trends. Yeah, very popular beer, yep. Which is another, the other bandwagon that I hop on. Yeah. So what's uh, the the other beer you brought was? That's the Bitch Camaro, the Milk Stout. And so who was this, uh, all three of you equally collaborative, or was this you, more you, more Paul, that... Came out with bitching Camaro. The name, or the name and the beer oh, the itself. Name, the name was yeah. The name was was mine. He, he had never heard of Dead Milkman before in his life. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, the recipe again was was uh, Paul, uh, Larry, and I. So, um, so that's it. So you ready to try? Right? Yeah, yeah. Let's All try right, that. Let's crack it open. Hopefully, so, this one doesn't explode. Oh. Yep, it did. So while he's opening that up, um, you want to talk about uh, your event on Saturday? Give a little preview of what people can expect. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we're probably a little late to the to the show on our on our marketing again. So yeah, we're we're um, it's basically a brew house block party is what we're calling it. So it's to um, celebrate our um you know the grand opening of our uh, new brew house so we'll have tours as well um but it's sat this saturday the 4th november 4th um from uh, noon to nine we're gonna have a couple live bands um pit crew is gonna be doing a little skate show around the corner from us um family mill is gonna be doing the food so they're gonna have a food tent out there uh, and then I don't, I'm not sure what quartermasters the uh, cigar shop's going to be doing. Move that over. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> 
If as, it didn't smell like beer as, in here, yeah. it will now. As Scott, <laughs> just, <laughs> as Scott just pours beer all over the studio. <laughs> what what bands do you have lined up? Oh, my goodness. That's a good question. So, Paul actually <laughs> lined these up. So, uh, um, Can't wait till we have a crawler machine. Yeah, that's coming, too. Oh, is that, so on, is that on in the works? Yeah. yeah. So, that's uh, actually on order. So, we should be maybe five weeks out from getting that. Um. The uh, the bands, they're two. Uh, I'm not going to get it right. So they're two. I'd have to look at the. Uh, That's, I'm bringing it up now. <laughs> so uh, Paul booked them actually from um, Mindy Miller and Haley Fahey. Fahey, Fahey. So I don't know much about them. I think <laughs> one's. Uh, you know that Paul likes them. Country. Yeah, one leans towards <laughs> country and the other All right. is soul, I believe. So. Oh. But it should be good. I mean, it's, you know, obviously it's going to be a good time. So, yeah. you know, this will be our first, like, real kind of live, you know, event. We've had some other parties in there that have been pretty good, um, you know, great turnouts. But, uh, we, you know, but we've got we've got no clue what the response is going to be. So, hopefully, we, we you know, a lot of people come. We have a good time. The weather's supposed to be great. So, I don't, for some reason, if I'm at a brewery, I will never order a stout. Because I have in my mind that I don't like stouts. But then every time someone Slancha. Every time someone brings me one to try, I really enjoy it. So I, I should probably just stop thinking I dislike stouts. Stouts are delicious. But this is a really good one and this definitely is I mean, I one, I don't at all think that beers are to a season. Other than the pumpkin beer should just never be made. <laughs> and you're here or at least pumpkin <laughs> beers that just taste like pumpkin pie because i also hate pumpkin pie um but this isn't it's not heavy at all it's a nice light milk stout it's great well that's the funny thing too you know, perception of a stout a lot of people have perception yeah, that it's, it's a super heavy, heavy where, and... i mean something like guinness for instance is a very light beer even lighter than uh, a lot of american lagers so uh, you can drink lots of them they're not not a lot of alcohol in them so What's the ABV on this? That's uh, 6.2. Yep. Yeah, this is good. It's a real nice, light, like coming into your tap room. I, there's never, I never would have ordered this. No way. But I mean, it's really good. So I do just need to stop thinking that. I don't like stuff. <laughs> Let's try them all. Because <clears throat> right, like we went to, um, we got to go to the Guinness tap room uh, a couple weeks ago. And mm. extra foreign stout on tap was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's good stuff. It turns out, I guess I do like stuff. <laughs> there you go. You're gonna convert. So I've seen your other podcast with what, what's the what's the one guy, uh, Colin? Oh yeah. Well, he seems to be a big stout fan. So oh yeah, he's not here. He's, he may be out there. I didn't even think to invite him on. He wasn't here when we started. Uh, yeah, he may be. Who knows where he's at? But yeah, he <laughs> he loves stouts. So I'll actually I'll just tell him it's all gone. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> No, so yeah, this is definitely. I mean, it's it's a it's. I mean, a, a lot of our beers drink less than, than what you would think. I mean, the double vision is eight point two. Uh, probably drinks like a five, you know. So you got to watch yourself, you know, when you're when you're having those. But the same thing. I mean, the bitch Camaro, just like you said, it's it's. You're probably thinking, you know, a winter type of stout where it's heavy, weighing you down. It's got you know syrupy and that type of thing. But we got one of those on the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those are tended to be like that, yeah. right? 
How so? What's the how strong is that one going to um, be? Probably getting about thirteen percent. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's going to do some it's damage. A, it's about ten right now. <laughs> <laughs> Serve that six ounces at a time. Yeah, yeah, that'll definitely be a snifter, snifter beer. So I guess one one uh, great feature of your brewery too is that it's directly behind Family Meal, so and people can order food from Family Meal to be delivered into the brewery. Is that right? You still do that, correct? Yep, yep, we still do that. So it's a limited menu; <clears throat> it's not the full menu, um, but it works out great. I mean, I, you know, it's just like it, obviously you can bring your own food in, you can order in whatever, but. It gives it that convenience. I mean, it's a little bit more labor-intensive for us because, you know, you order through us, and our servers actually have to run the tickets over. Okay. And then, you know, and then when the orders are ready, we got to go back and get it and bring it back. But, uh, you know. So what uh, you're saying is tip well. I mean, right. So that's the, that's the benefit of it. It benefits the service. We don't, we don't really yeah. make – we cover our costs. <laughs> Um, you know, from running through the uh, the credit cards, but we don't make money. So when you know on the food, so it's 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 a server, it's a server benefit definitely. But it works out. I mean, people like it. People, you know, it's good. It's great food. Um, you know, again, we had some little you know logistical issues in the beginning of um, who should be doing what and and who should be compensated what and and. Uh, but it's worked out, you know, so, you know, one of the things, um, you know, Paul and I, when, when we looked at this lo- location, um, uh, and, you know, and talking with Brian Voltaggio about it, um, you know, was that. So one of the original intents was, you know, obviously the food, providing the food, then also we want to do beer um, with them. We kind of gotten sidetracked since then, but we, we still want to do a beer in collaboration with Brian and probably go with maybe the fried chicken, but him, you know, coming in, hopefully if we can line it up, working at the brew house with Scott oh, nice. and, and coming up with a, a cool recipe and just making a beer. And um, I might be talking out of line right now because there's nothing's really been, <laughs> been done yet or said yet, but that beer ideally would only be served at family meal. Okay. And, you know, I think it's a cool idea. I think it will work out great. I think this is the first time it's ever presented out in public besides Scott and I <laughs> talking about it. But, um, but now it pretty much has to buzz, take place right? now. we got to yeah. create the damn buzz. So uh, I think it would be great. I, 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 you know, I think it would be cool. And it will give us, you know, because how do we present our beer and family meal when they can just walk over the, across the street and they go, well, if I can get a double vision over here for, you know, eight bucks, why don't I come to, you know, Rockwell and just get it, uh, you know, for six or whatever yeah. on the tap, you know. So – we make a beer for them that's specifically for them um that's a good beer and just and and put that at family meal i think that would make sense right now now you're yeah absolutely and i mean you guys are what like 50 steps away from each other (laughs) right that's right pretty much um when you say with the fried chicken you mean to compliment it right exactly with well maybe i mean you might be able to dip that i don't know how crazy you are well no there there was is it Aslan? Oh, you mean sticking the yeah someone the yeah man. someone recently That's Scott's question. Uh, who did you see that somebody was, did do that dude yeah, it was I recently it was either the veil or Aslan made a, oh yeah I did hear about that made a deep fried chicken yeah. beer where they threw yeah, chicken into the chicken. <laughs> hopefully it was cooked cooked first before yeah. they stuck it in the <laughs> yeah well they threw it in they did it in the boil so I don't know how much it really oh, would have nah, just I still want it yeah. Well, that's up to Scott. So Scott, <laughs> <laughs> of 
course, on a Maynard Keaton put put bacon in his wine, so <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, you guys have anything else coming up you want to talk about before we wrap up? Well, Scott, I've done most of the talking, so you need. <laughs> Oh, I guess we'll just finish with, uh, you know, come see us Saturday. We're going to have uh, lots of good beer and music and have a good time. What's what's the next beer you plan on making? <clears throat> uh, next beer is going to be probably an Irish red ale. That was what next on the plan. Um, I'm having a problem with one of my fermenters right now, so we're kind of figuring that out. And I'm going to need to do another IPA soon because – that one's going to be probably gone on Saturday. Yeah, I think so. you're going to go through a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, so we need to, to do an IPA soon. Um, so that's probably the next two. And uh, we'll pretend Colin's here real quick. Uh, will you book my band to play at your brewery? Uh, and will you make a stout with me? So that would that's about what Colin would have contributed. <laughs> he plays for beer? Is that, does well, he no. <laughs> I actually or probably does would he be pay us to play? <laughs> well, no, maybe anything. No, he's just every brewery. He wants them to make a stout with him. Like he comes and helps make the stout, um, and then he has a band. Like the beginning music, that's his band. I'll and be doing our stout too, too soon because uh, the one I have on tap right now. Do you want to make it a double motorcycle stout? Because that's sure that, that would be Colin's <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> What's his genre? What kind of music is he? It's a the our opening music. Oh, that's, that's, that, that that's was the man. That's all he plays. That, yeah, just that, that fifteen <laughs> seconds. No, it's, it's along those lines. No, actually, pretty, I'll play some for you at the end. They're actually really good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> they'll be at uh, they'll be playing at Old Mother's uh, second anniversary party. All right, sweet. That sounds good. I'd like actually Scott to talk more about that red. This the uh, the red. If we keep the same name, simply red is his. his um, it's one of your. Uh, Signature beers, right? Your signature recipe. Yeah, it could be one was, of our year rounds, hopefully. Yeah, it was under attenuated though. I used a different yeast this time, so it's going to be similar to that recipe, but um, probably use a different yeast. Use a Chico strain that I used to use, and uh, but yeah, it's going to be kind of a an Irish red ale. It's going to be a little uh, roasty flavor. Um, I don't know. You have to come try it. Well, when will that be ready? Uh, it depends on uh, if I brew that next or it's going to be one of the next two beers. So it, I would say within the next three weeks it'll be up. So what you're saying is people should follow Rockwell Brewery on uh, Facebook and Instagram, Instagram yep. and Twitter. Do you do Twitter? Yeah. I so that <laughs> it's only because it's, it's it's connected to the Instagram <laughs> post. So, but that's uh, yeah. I mean, pretty much if you want the scoop, that's I mean you got to follow us because I mean we don't. I don't think – I'm not sure the other breweries, but we don't really market anywhere else. We don't really put out much, you know, anything else anywhere. So, um, it's you know, Instagram seems to be the key where we put the stuff on. And then it goes out to Facebook and, and Twitter. But, yeah, I don't get Twitter much either. <laughs> so us old people. It's the beyond us. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, um, I love Big Juicy. It's amazing. Uh the pitching Camaro is good too, but I love myself an IPA. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming in. I'm gonna try my hardest to make their make it there on Saturday as long as my wife gets back into town early enough. Cause I while I 
happy that people bring their kids to breweries. I do not enjoy that at all. <laughs> it kind of ruins the experience for me. Yeah, I can see that. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming in. Thanks Thank for you. having us. And Appreciate thank you everyone for listening and watching. Slancha. Thanks. Slancha. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.